Welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting's podcast, Small Brains Big Picks. This is our trade deadline special, I suppose. We have we I'm here on the phone with Evan. Yo, yo. And a uh, special guest, our baseball expert and pundit of all things prospect and fantasy baseball, uh, Tom Steinman. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Uh, so today is the trade deadline, already uh, a flurry of moves by the Padres, but the big move of the day so far, I don't see it being anyone topping this one, is the Padres have acquired Mike Clevenger. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, very interesting. Uh, they just announced finally who the Padres are giving up. So I was very curious on this because I really wasn't sure what teams are willing to give up this year, right, for – uh, players like how important is this year to win especially with you know the risk factor still going on you know maybe the season still could be canceled there's an outbreak but they just announced it and it looks like an exchange for Naylor Quantrill area uh, young catcher Austin Hedges and then minor league lefty Joey Cantillo and minor league infielder Owen Miller and then also a player to be named later possibly so uh I don't know. I, none of the top guys. Uh, it looks like if you look at uh, San Diego's top prospects, Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, Luis Patino, Luis Campestiano, Taylor Trammell, or Robert Hassel, all guys ranked in the top 100 prospects, uh, they didn't get any of those guys. Uh, well, Taylor, uh, Taylor Trammell went in a trade for Austin Nola yesterday. Okay. So, so uh, yeah. That's interesting, right? Because, like, so Austin Nola got you – I mean, I know they got a plethora of players here, but I like premier talent, like the top-end talent when I'm training for prospects and players like this. Austin Hedges was a top prospect, so maybe that's a guy they like they're trying to uh, buy low on or something like that. I mean, um, Naylor's a young guy. They're all young guys. Um, yeah, I But think... nobody that just surprises me. Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be a great player. Yeah, I mean, I think too. Uh, for for what I'm thinking is like the uh, trading one guy for six guys uh, is you know each player you add on to that, no matter how low or high their prospect rating is, is a big risk. I mean, think about the Ken Griffey Jr. trade. The the when they traded Ken Griffey Jr. to the uh, to the Reds, I mean, he was destined to go there anyway. But um, you know, they they traded for like a huge number of the pieces that became key members of that 20, 2001 116-win uh, Mariners team. So it makes me nervous whenever a team flips for that many players because you never know if one or two or three of those guys become at least mid-level contributors. It's a great trade. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I mean, I think it seems like the Padres are clearly trying to make a push to win this year, if not next year, but... Like, it, it seems like they're making a push to win this year. Um, they haven't had a lot of winning in their history. They've never won a World Series. They've made the playoffs, I think, five times in their history since 69. Um, but there's a Dodgers team that probably, no matter how many moves they make, will be more talented than them on paper. So, um, I mean, if you're a Padres fan, I, I would be personally probably pretty happy that they're making this part of a push to win right now. Uh, whether that pushes them over the top or not, who knows? And again, if they're giving up a lot of their prospects, even though Tom just 
said that they, they're not giving up their top, top guys. Um, you know, it could look bad down the road, but right now Clevenger's got long hair and a really aggressive uh, wind-up, and I like watching pitchers who do that. I wish the Red Sox had some of them. So um, <laughs> that's my expert take. You bring up a good point with uh, injury history and Clevenger, and he does kind of have like an extreme arm motion for throwing, and that could lead to more injuries down the road. So that, there's risk there too. So very good point. Yeah, I mean, Mike Clevenger was the American League Dustin May, and uh, you know now they're both in the NL West. So that would be a, a tale as old as time is the Dustin May-Mike Clevenger showdown of the locks. I, uh, I, yeah. I, it's a weird move for me. Cleveland's a mystery franchise for me uh, in the sense that, like, they are tied for first in their division right now. They have a plus 40 run differential, and uh, they're tied with the White Sox, and they trade away one of their best players. It, it just, maybe they don't think they can resign him. I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, Cleveland is not a small, small market. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, it's peculiar, right? Like, so again, maybe Cleveland's not all about this year. I, I don't, and they feel like they're going, you know, that's one last year on his contract. I really don't know, but they also traded Kluber, uh, and that seemed to be a decent workout for them, even though they, they didn't receive much. They got rid of that contract, though. Um, so you kind of almost got to give Cleveland the benefit of the doubt, it seems like, when it comes to their pitching and. Uh, maybe they know their minor league system. I'm assuming they did their homework and let everybody give a fair shot at Clevenger. So I, I don't know. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, I guess. Yeah. Talking about, I, I mean, I also think, I think the calculations are, I don't know exactly in what way, but I think everyone's calculations are just different this year. Like, you know, you, you really can't put much stock into how a guy has played so far, to be honest with you, 30 games. And in a regular season, if a guy had a good 30-day stretch, that wouldn't necessarily mean anything for his trade stock <clears throat> because, you know, tons of guys who never end up with good seasons hit 400 for 30 days at some random point in their career. Um, so it's, it's I, mean, I think everyone's calculations are, are probably have to be just different than a typical year and that they probably aren't all the same. There are probably some front offices who are saying, like, we just got to take advantage of this year to be really aggressive and dump people and build for the future and act, you know, this isn't a real season anyway. And then other teams that maybe like the Padres that are saying, well, if there's ever going to be a year where we can beat this stacked Dodgers team, maybe it's a shortened season where we might just get lucky and get hot. Um, so, I mean, who knows? I think that's a good, I think that's a good point, Evan. I think, uh, it's it's, a, it's I think it's going to be a tale of two extremes because I think there are going to be teams that are going to be like I think the Red Sox I think the Red Sox are a perfect example of a team that clearly is just pushed in this season as a throwaway season. I mean they had injuries and COVID related, uh, you know, like Erod went down, but I think the whole vibe around the Red Sox this year from day one has been like this season doesn't even count. They're not they're going to they're sleepwalking through the season, and I think that. Uh, you know, if you're a Padres or a Marlins fan, and they're both surprisingly competitive this year, I don't see why you wouldn't just go for it. I mean, since more teams make the playoffs, those short se- short series, you never know what's going to happen. And the the Dodgers have had a had not shown up at the biggest games of their history in the past uh, ten years or so. So anything can happen. 
Uh, talking... A couple of those. Of... Go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, well, one of those were to the Houston Astros, uh, the cheating Astros. But uh, also, the, like, it's just crazy how deep Cleveland still is at pitching. They just brought up uh, one of their top prospects, uh, Tristan McKenzie, right? He had uh, Ted Kays in his ML debut. But, like, so you have him, Carlos Carrasco, Aaron Savale, Shane Bieber, and Zach Plezak. Like, all young guys still under control, under good contracts. Just crazy. Uh, they, they got rid of Corey Kluber. Now they got rid of Clevenger and Trevor Bauer, like, recently. Right. Uh, so that is just crazy deep of starting pitching. Yeah, the uh, the pitchers that the uh, Indians have given away are better than anybody on the Tigers or the Red Sox combined. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of the, the, the Rangers where Corey Kluber uh, ended up going, um, do how do we feel about, uh, do you think Lance Lim and Joey Gallo are going to be on the move? I mean, having not followed it, super closely uh just that's the headline of all these trade uh trade deadline predictions by quote-unquote experts are all seem to think that those two guys um are clear targets for for getting moved i mean lance lynn's pitching great i guess but how how old is lance lynn does he he's, he's got to be kind of old at this point right does he have that much trade stock he's on the wrong side of 30 i'd imagine he has been dominant the last this year and last year, though. So at least for this year, I don't know what his contract's like. Uh, I can look that up. I mean, he got but, didn't he get a like, big extension uh, a while ago that's been passed over by two organizations now? I thought he got an extension early on, a couple of years ago. Tom's gonna look up. Looks the, like he got he got a three year, thirty million dollar contract, so ten million a year. So it's really nothing for what he's putting out there right now. And yeah, he gets paid. He gets paid ten million this year, eight million next year. So, so that's absolutely nothing. That should bring back quite a bit, actually. I mean, I guess depending on what guys are willing, like what are organizations willing to pay uh, this year uh, for players? It's, it's a good question. Are the Padres the only one really out there trying to like push all in, and everyone else is like not willing to give up those top prospects and stuff? Uh, I see Lance Lynn going. I, if, if someone also the right deal. I just feel like I would have to look up Joey Gallo, but Joey Gallo just seems that like he's pretty, I mean, he's a pretty good ball player still. So uh, it would have to be a good package. More home runs than singles. His... What's he has, that? He has more home runs than singles in his career. Uh, in his career? I think so. That's th- crazy. Or he hit 100 uh, home runs before he hit 100 singles in his career. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think Andrew, go ahead, Evan. I, well, I just think in, in a general sense that ultimately the point that you kind of started to indicate, uh, that just, there's a probably a huge gap this year between like an unusually massive gap between buyers and sellers. And like, there is very little in between where oftentimes at this point in the year, there's a lot of middle-of-the-road teams who are just kind of like, let's stick with what we're doing, we're okay, like, don't want to do anything rash, there's still a long ways to go. There, there are no teams like that. There's either teams that have already given up on the season, or there's teams that think they can win a World Series. And I think there's probably not a team, a lot of teams that are in between, um, is my guess. 
which I think speaks a little bit to the the expanded playoffs being kind of a mental failure because I think they expanded the playoffs in order to make this season feel more competitive. And I think for a lot of teams, they don't care about this season. I think a lot of teams mentally just aren't showing up. I think you're going to see the teams that are farther and farther out of contention. A lot of their better players are going to opt out of the season or like be shut down for the season. I mean, the Tigers already shut down their two best young starters uh, this season. So, you know, I think that teams are, I think a lot of teams are not treating this like a real season. And you're right. That gap is huge between buyers and sellers. Yeah, well, there's a lot less sellers, though, too, right? Like, it seems like just because, again, there are more teams able to make it. And the, the games are uh, condensed down, so, like, it's hard to, like, be out of it unless you're the Red Sox. But uh, Thanks, Tom. <laughs> uh, but, like, it, with only, I mean, with, after 20 games, everybody's still in it. After 40 games, it's still hard to be, like, out of it. Like, you're usually not that far behind. Um, so there's just not many teams selling. And then, like, so, but if you're under 500 in the National League, like, you're still within range. And the teams that are, you know, if you're the Nationals, you're probably thinking you're better than a lot of the teams ahead of you. Still, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, Tom. You're all about the expanded playoffs, and you want the game to be seven innings and like only one pitch, one strike, strikeouts, and two pitch walks. And, <laughs> you know. Uh, seven innings is catching on. Seven innings, I, like you got exaggerated a little bit there, but seven innings, I take are good, especially for double headers. I think that it, I think people are enjoying it. Evan, do you like do you like seven inning games? I don't mind seven inning double headers. Eighteen and I I am a diehard baseball fan, and I can count on one hand the number of times I've actually sat down for eighteen innings of baseball before. Um, so. Yeah, I can I can do the doubleheaders, and this year's weird in that there's more doubleheaders than there typically are um, because of COVID. Um, so I think in the future it wouldn't necessarily become a huge thing. There's only a few doubleheaders a year for any given team, and so it's a few innings off. Like it really isn't going to change a lot of records and all those things that I know you sometimes worry about, Andrew, in terms of like changing the goal, moving the goalposts for what a good season looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seven inning games I'm cool with. Um, if Tom is very like change uh, change friendly, I'm curious what your thoughts are on uh, on this guy a second uh, in extra innings because that's the only one that I really have not been sold on and don't expect to be sold on. Yeah, uh, going into it, I thought it was like not a good idea, but I don't mind it if it speeds the if the goal is to speed the game up. So we're avoiding 18 inning games, then I don't mind. I don't mind it. Like win the game in, I guess, yeah. nine innings then. Uh, because I feel like yeah. other, like hockey did that, right? Like we're not going to keep letting you guys play overtime. Like we're going to do a shootout. Like this is, we don't have the time. Like we have to figure something out. So it's something to speed the game up. I don't mind. Uh, is that a thing that hockey added in? I'm not a big hockey fan. Is that a thing that hockey added in relatively recently that didn't used to exist? Yeah, the shootout, yeah, is something that's only has happened maybe the last, like, 10, 15 years or something like that. Maybe. Oh, really? Oh, I see. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. They don't, yeah. So, you know, they want to give somebody – because would, they would do it to where, like, you tie. They give the yeah, tie. But, like, people want to see a winner and stuff like that. So, yeah. screw that tie. So, let's make it exciting. And it's like now people love it, right? Like, shootouts are exciting. It's, like, one of the best parts yeah. of the game. So. Yeah. I mean – 
Andrew and I discussed this, and we're getting a little far flung from the trade deadline. But like uh, we mentioned the other day, with with change in leagues, like oftentimes it is a matter of what the fuck a shootout. That, that doesn't even make sense. Why would you do that? And then in ten years, everyone's like, I love a shootout. A three point yeah. line. Why would we have a three point line in the NBA? That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's going to ruin the game. Now that's all that matters. You know, I yeah. can. Yeah, it doesn't fit into my idea of baseball. But I can honestly imagine a world where in 10 years there's this whole thing of like, all right, who's going to be the guy on second? Who's our runner on second? Like, he's a specialty extra innings runner. (laughs) And, like, there's all these, like, preset plays that teams put in with, like, adjusted sacrifice squeezes with a guy on second. And, like, And there'll be more shifting. There's, you know, crazy shifts only used in extra innings, like, yeah, I mean, who who knows? It could be like a cool new twist that add, gets added to the league. I still got to see it to believe it, and yeah. gotta be, uh, I'm not necessarily excited about it. But who knows? I mean, I think so what you. I think it also would. Ex- uh, go ahead, Tom. I was saying, uh, what you're saying though, like, so when things change, people are always afraid of change. But like, the change also creates another skill set. So like. Someone who can score in a shootout is super important now. You know that might give you a few points, extra points during the during the season. The three point line, a new skill set, right? Before it wasn't the long range shooter like that didn't uh, change. And now baseball, like you're saying, the whole like the whole strategy and skill set can change. And uh, one of the Tigers announcers was talking about like having a guy like Miggy, right? Like they they rate guys on a scale of like zero to four or zero to five or something. Miggy was like, oh, as a runner on base, is a zero or a one. When you can replace that runner with like a, a three or a four, the odds of like scoring that run in is like, it's all analytical. It's all stats and stuff like that. So you're right. I believe the, uh, the White Sox just got Jared Dyson. So I don't know if that's something they plan on using is like the deep in roster. They have a, now a speed guy that they can use in certain scenarios. And that was that's what I was going to say. I think it's going to extend the career of some guys uh, like the Billy Hamiltons, the Jared Dysons, the Dave Roberts of the world um, are going to have longer careers because they were super, they're super effective base runners. And if the game is, is built around this idea that like you have a guy on your thing that maybe plays some defense, but is primarily there to steal a base, it's like playoff strategy all the time. Uh, But we're, we're, uh, we're, we're out of time. Um, Quick buying or selling are the, are the Padres going to go to the world series, Tom? Buying or selling? I'm going to say no. I, uh, the, the Dodgers are still my favorite team in there until they prove that. Like, I'm not going to give it to them. Evan, buying or selling? The Dodgers are so much better than everyone else, but just for the novelty of it and the fact <laughs> that the Dodgers love losing in the NLCS, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes, they, they go to the World Series. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, they, and they lose to someone uh, that no one really cares that much about because the Yankees won't make it. Yeah. Who wins the AL right now? Uh, if there's no more trades to say, who wins the AL? I'm going to go with Tampa. I like Tampa. Well coached. Yeah, well this might be a Tampa, a Tampa Bay World Series year. I'm going to go, I'm going to yeah. go, I'm going to go really wacky. Here's my World Series. It will be Padres White Sox and they will have 55,000 people tune into game one of the World Series on Fox. <laughs> I uh, before the year started, before at, at the end of last year, a team that I was saying to watch out for were the White Sox. I really liked how Eloy ended his uh, September, like he 
he ended up hitting over 30 home runs, but nobody talked about it. But he had a really good September. And then Louis, Louis Robert, and I, it was just a team that I, I just – and then when I got Grand Dole and, and uh, like they just did everything. They got the veterans with Edwin. They just – they did a really good job with having these young guys come up and they just signed veterans to, like, decent deals. They didn't have to, like, overpay necessarily, I don't feel like either. So, yeah. All right, well, we'll, we'll – this will all be proven in just a few months from now. Um, <laughs> thanks, Tom, for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, Tom, where can people find you? Uh, what do you do when you're not talking well, with us? Uh, I do a lot of stuff through Planet Ant Theater. Uh, currently right now I have actually a political comedy show going on called Come Quack Corner. Uh, you can find it on Facebook uh, and also YouTube. I did have a, a sports show going on, but I kind of, kind of taking a break from it to focus on the one show. Uh, you can also find me on uh, Lincoln Park uh, soccer fields, baseball fields, coaching and stuff like that if you want to go check out a game. <laughs> All right. How, how does one spell kumquat? K U M Q U A T. Kumquat is a fruit, just for people yeah. who are not aware. I did not know that. I'm going to be honest with you. When we came up with the name, someone said, I did not know what a kumquat was. Oh, well, so, well, uh, we, we learn something new every single day. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, knowledge is power. And uh, thanks, guys, for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks. No doubt. All I right. look forward to seeing the Red Sox uh, sign Dave Roberts to a good <laughs> running contract. <laughs> <laughs> sign him as he could, he could also, he could still manage, but as long as he can make it to whenever they have an extra inning game, he can still manage the right, managers. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Talk to you guys All right. later. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Yeah. See ya.